Hello. Good evening. Good evening. How y'all doing out there? Welcome. Welcome to season one, episode three of The Common Coles. I'm Freddie Cole. I'm Kalila Cole. And we are here. We're going to have another topic to discuss. I told you last week it was going to be a debatable topic um, only because um, oftentimes we have we go into relationships, our marriages, and we don't really have a clear sense of expectation. So we want to talk about that today. Um, hopefully you guys are liking and subscribing to our YouTube channel. Um, we want to make sure that we connect with you guys and that you stay up to date on anything else that we may have going on outside of the podcast. All right. So anyways, all right, we jumping in this thing today. We are going to talk about, uh, how can I say this? Hmm. Um, in relationships, what are some outlandish, unrealistic expectations that you may have had going into a relationship, whether it was a marriage or just a relationship, that you look back on and you're able to say, yeah, that was unrealistic. Or maybe even now there might be some things that are debatable within the relationship that you're in that you'd be like, you know what? Hey, this is not, uh, I had these expectations, but my partner is way on the opposite end of the spectrum, right? So we want to kind of jump into that topic. Um, so Dr. K, <laughs> I'm gonna put you on on the spot early. Okay. So when we first met and we made a decision that we were gonna date and 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 pursue pursue each other, uh, what were some expectations that you had um, on our relationship or on me? That um, and then tell me what how did that turn out? All right. So I was a single mom and I had two teenage children. And so I was used to handling everything, spiritually, um, church, um, food, bills, getting them to school, getting them home from school, everything. I was used to handling it all. So my expectation is that this um, knight in shining armor was going to swoop in <laughs> and then just take over and just, you know, pay the bills. I was going to have all my extra money and he was going to be a father to my, not necessarily a father, but come in and be that father figure for my kids, making sure that they got what they needed, that they weren't getting and life was going to be easy. Okay. <laughs> and that he was going to be into fasting and prayer and church all the time. Yeah. So how, how'd, that, how'd that turn out? How did it turn out early on uh, as far as in the early beginning. on in the beginning? Yeah, I will say um, I will say this. In the beginning, remember that when we met, he wasn't into church, right? He went, he got saved, he got into church, he started going to church, he started learning the Bible, he started reading the Bible, but he was not he had never fasted. He he was he knew how to pray. We prayed. We would pray all the time when we were, um, you know, dating when he was courting me. Uh, but he wasn't into fasting. He had never been without meals at all for days. Uh -uh. <laughs> and so, and I think this is like right around November Thanksgiving time coming up. And I want to go on a fast for a week. <laughs> and so, the one only time where <laughs> any Christian has ever heard God say at Thanksgiving. Yeah, me fast, but um, so that didn't happen, 
that way. And so I, I learned that early on that it's not going to be the way that I thought it would be that some of my expectations were unrealistic. Him coming in and coming in to be that father figure, what it caused was turmoil in my home because my children were used to me who you know was at work a lot of the time. And so they had a lot of free time. They had to get up and get themselves to the bus stop. They had to get home. So they had a lot of free time. They basically managed themselves. So to have a man come in and try to tell them, nope, you need to do this, you need to do that. It caused so much friction between him and my children. I'm like, nope, I got to choose my children. It's over. Yeah. So that was, that was, she summarized it real quick, but then, <laughs> it, you know, it was a lot of things that came along with it. You got two teenagers in the house um, that's used to mom being at work when they go to school. Well, guess what? Teenagers are going to sleep in. Teenagers are going to come up with a reason why they missed the bus. You know, some of the reason was the bus didn't come or the bus came super early. Those are two of the, you know, the most common excuses that you get for somebody missing the bus. And it, and so now that I'm in the picture, it's like, nah, uh, uh, I'm bamming on doors. Hey, get up for you, Mr. Bus. We ain't doing this, da, 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 da. Um, and yeah, they hated me for that. And that was, that started off with things on the, I won't say it started off on the wrong foot, but it was definitely bringing some stability to some things that was happening behind the scenes. So, right. yeah. When, when you, before you get married, especially if you are, um, really submitted into church. You you hear things like you got to be a submissive wife. You have to um <laughs> you have to be submissive. You have to be there. You have to be taking care of this. You have to make sure he's taking care of this way and so on and so forth. And so though I had those expectations, it was difficult for me to submit because those expectations weren't being met, right? Those unrealistic expectations. So when I say though that first couple of years in our marriage were really, really, really tough, they were tough. Um, and I know a lot of you be like, well, if God brought, if God brings us together, then it should just fit and it should just work right and we should just get along and then become one. But you again have to remember that you're two very different people mm -hmm. coming together trying to make each other holy. And you have to also remember too, this is one of the things she, she mentioned early on that I wasn't in the church. I wasn't saved when we first met. And so for her to even consider submitting to an authority figure when she was at the time a youth pastor, she was very well versed. She, you know, she was in the church heavy. And then you got a person like me who was in the streets heavy, you know, um, to come together and be able to say, okay, I'm going to submit to this person. It was difficult for her because of her what she expected in a husband. She basically got seed form of that in me. She didn't have the finished product. It was, you know, I was a, I was a rough draft, if, <laughs> as you can say. Um, so it was difficult from that perspective too. So I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that. Now, what were your some of your deepest um, expectations? Okay, so my expectations were. Um, I was gonna have a wife that was gonna cook. I had my I'm basically it don't take much to please me. Cook every day. Um, um keep a clean house. I wanted children. Um and I mean for the most part, just be be attentive to me. You know, that was that was yeah, that was my main things. Um, so that was my expectation. And so when we got together, we got married, we got our first, uh, it was a townhouse, I think it was. We got a townhouse together. Um, and she 
still her hours are still the same. She worked super early. So that scratched out me getting breakfast before work because she was at work before I even got up a lot of times. Um, but then she got off work earlier than I did. I think if I remember right, you got off before me, but I, you would get mm -hmm. home. Before you got me. home before me. Did I even drive her from Redford? Mm -hmm. Oh, OK. Well, she worked some long hours. So um, my expectation wasn't being met there either as far as cooking. She cooked sometime, but it wasn't often because she was working just like I was working. So that caused a little rift because I'm like, I'm hungry and I ain't trying to eat out all the time at first. I didn't want that. I wanted the home cooked meals. I got a brand new wife. This is my first marriage. She's going to be cooking. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, I could eat out single. <laughs> like, <laughs> But the reality is, is that expectation wasn't being met for me. Um, and so that started, that did cause some issues. We, we had a rough first couple of years because we came into the marriage not necessarily communicating where we are. Um, we were only having these expectations of where we want each other to be. And um, and that really does cause an issue. If you're not really on the same page about, hey, listen, this is what I do. Um, this is what you do. So when we come together, we get this. How are we going to make this work? Like not having those conversations in advance. It really did cause some issues that were that could have been avoided. Right. And for me, like and it also goes to our upbringing. Right. Growing up. Um, we live in hotels a lot of the time. We live in different places. So, you know, you have the, the maids to come in there and clean. You know, you have the, the food you go out to eat. We every Friday, Chinese food. Um, we always ate out. You know, like we, my mom cooked every now and then, but she could. We, we lived in California. We go get fish out the sea, cook it on open fire. Um, just those go types grab of it. things. Just, just go grab it. And, but no, <laughs> we didn't do that. But different lifestyle. In my whole job, in my life, my whole focus was to make enough money so that if I wanted to hire somebody to clean my house, I could. And if I wanted to hire somebody to feed me, I could. Or if I wanted to go out to eat, I eat. I like fine dining. And so that's what I did. I made sure that I went to school, got a good education so that I can make enough money so I wouldn't have to do all of that. Right. Not that I don't know how to cook. Can I cook? Oh, she throw it out now. Okay, she I know down. how to cook, but <laughs> guess what? I can do so many other things is how I feel like. I spend a lot of time at work. I am a task-oriented person. I like to get things done. I like to work. I like to do graphic arts. I like to do so many things. And like cooking, you know, mm -hmm. I can just, somebody else, I could pay somebody else to do that. I want to do the things I like to do. And so, yeah. but it, it took us some time to say, okay, what are my non-negotiables? You know what? I can compromise this, but I'm not compromising that. Right. Mm -hmm. For me, I was not compromising fasting, praying, um, those type of things. He he went to church. He was he we went we started at going to a new church once we got married. He was able to to submit and, and glean from the leaders of the church we went to because we moved around. That was important for me, for my man to be submitted under Christ and to be submitted under a leader, because I knew that's the only way he would know how to, to treat me and to be able to, to conform to what God put him in my life to do. Right. You can marry anybody, but you want to marry somebody that is flexible and somebody who is able to bend with you. Right. And lean with you and not be so stuck in what they expect it to be. And if you don't mean it, meet those expectations, then you can't be together. That Those are unreconcilable differences. We always see people getting divorced for that. It's because both parties aren't willing to bend. We should be willing to compromise. And so as far as the cooking, like you said, I cook every now and then. I don't cook every day. 
I cook more now than I used to, but back then it was whoever get home first, that's who needs to cook. But my and husband I, does not like hey, to cook. Yeah, listen, <laughs> I was still, my mindset was still on single mode. I throw some hamburger helper together in a heartbeat. You know what I mean? I, I get sloppy that Joe. Sloppy Joe. You know what I mean? They didn't eat that, so I would cook it. And that was another issue. I would make something that I knew I could do. I throw the sloppy Joes together, whatever. Some french fries in the oven. You know what I'm saying? And and, and they ain't want to eat it. So I'm like, I'm right here throwing this gore. Or May meal together. Y'all don't want none of this? All right. The lasagna. Remember, I used to do the lasagna things that you put in the oven for 45 minutes? Oh, yeah. The frozen lasagna? Yeah, it's frozen. I wasn't doing it from scratch. That's for sure. You know what I'm saying? But look, I throw them things in the oven. They ain't want that. I'm like, man, listen, that's why I don't cook because y'all don't want to eat. And so we have some, yeah, we have some things to work out there. We did. So we did. But um, it boils down to the expectation. So now that was a physical expectation. Now let's talk about mental and emotional expectations. That's true. I know I just jumped right in there. I shifted gears. We did a quick pivot. Um, emotional and, and heavy. Yeah, and mental expectations because we're talking about our spouse not being able to meet our deepest needs, right? And sometimes people believe that if I could just get married, if I could just get um, a husband, if I could just get a wife, Somebody that could just be there for me. Somebody that I can talk to. Um, you know, we have these different thought processes about what marriage can fix emotionally and mentally. Listen, I'm going to drop this nugget and then we're going to get into this conversation. All right. Y'all make sure y'all listen to this. A spouse can help you, but a spouse cannot heal you. I hope somebody wrote that down. Somebody need to put that in the comments. A spouse can help you, but a spouse cannot heal you. And oftentimes people get into relationships thinking that if I could just get somebody that gets me, somebody that understands me, that um, you know that that I'll be better or I'll I'll be okay or, or things will fix itself. But the truth of the matter is, your that is I have a, a chapter in my book that I wrote. Um, as a matter of fact, it's chapter 24 towards the end of my devotion. And it says that need is above my pay grade. Um, there, there's some things that your partner or your spouse, they're just not able to do. And these are things that you have to look at and say, before I say I'm ready to be in a relationship, before I say I'm ready to be with somebody, I have to ask myself, am I really ready to be with somebody or do I just not want to be alone? Uh, because there's a difference between the two. Um, before I know I'm ready to be with somebody, I need to make sure that I've dealt with and addressed um, maybe some past wounds, maybe some some past hurts that's going to cause me to be a needy person in mm. this new relationship. Ooh, we go, 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 go ahead, take it. Oh, go take it. my gosh. That part, the neediness, um, whether it be from a man or a woman, causes premature breakups, right? You never even make it to the altar because the other person senses that neediness from you because you didn't go and get healed. That the only way you can be healed is through Christ, right? So when we talk about those deep desires and a lot of times, I'm just going to say it, um, some of those deep desires is sex, right? So we want to hear up and get married because we want to have that sex because that person is just going to just meet that need and just going to give me it. No, uh -uh. because that is rooted in lust. 
it's rooted in lust, which you still need to be healed from. Mm-hmm. You may have awakened love way before it was soon because we should be going to marriage as virgins, but we don't, right? I know I did. I didn't go in as a virgin. I had to be healed from lust. I had to be healed from wanting that that sex that made me feel the love that I should have been receiving from Christ, but I wasn't because I was seeking it in the beds of other people, right? So if you have this desire, like, oh, I got to get married because I need to have, so I don't burn. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? I got to get married so I don't burn. Mm-hmm. You will get in a marriage that you choose that's probably not the one that God has chosen for you, which is way worse than would you if you would have just stayed single and, and got healed from the lust. Mm-hmm. We got to be delivered from that thing. If you got to have it that bad, it will not change once you get married. You think it will. You end up getting married, and that's why people end up cheating in their marriage because they didn't get delivered from the lust. You didn't get mm-hmm. healed from whatever happened in your childhood or adulthood or adolescence. You didn't get healed from that, and you bring that right into your marriage. And you want that spouse to meet that deep, dark desire of however you know we want to bring other people in our bedrooms, menage, toys, all these different things. That's the marriage bed is undefiled, but it does not mean you can bring other people into your marriage. Okay, listen. You got to get that stuff checked and corrected before you say I do. Yeah, that's real. Um, and that's, we've seen a lot of marriages go in the wrong direction based off of these things, physical expectations, mental and emotional expectations. These things have not been uh, properly addressed, you know, through you know, whether it be merit, premarital counseling or even in the marriage counseling or just whatever it might be. Um, and so sometimes people realize that their love meter was very was at a shallow level because they quote unquote fall out of love with someone that doesn't meet a need that they can only get through Christ anyway. Amen. Um, it is above our pay grade. Some things we just cannot help you with or something we did. We cannot heal you from certain things. We can help you and guide you and direct you to in the, in the right direction. But there's just some things we just cannot do for each other that we may want to. Amen. We have a question here. Okay. All right. Let's see. Uh, all right. So this one is coming from Davenport. <laughs> How do you deal with a needy man that has emotions like a woman always wanting to be touched? Wow. That's a good question. Yeah, it seems like he needs validation. Well, and I'm going to say this. The first thing, if I can, if I can dissect this question, um, when we say have emotions like a woman, it, it it almost puts him in a place where he's being viewed as feminine because he wants to be touched. I think ultimately um, it, you can still be manly um, and want to be touched. And have emotions too. And have emotions as well um, and want to be touched. But I think ultimately if that is a quote unquote love language, if you will, if that's something that he enjoys, you know, the touch is a, is a real thing. Uh, what is mine for you? What I like to quality time, you know, I like to cuddle. I like to do all those things. Um, and I think ultimately that when you two becomes one, if we're talking about a marriage situation, then ultimately what it boils down to is, okay, this is what my man wants. This is what makes my man feel validated. This is what my man 
you know, this is what it takes for my man to feel loved or respected or honored or whatever, then ultimately that's something that that helps blend to becoming one. Um, and that's just a genetic makeup of that individual. And it doesn't necessarily separate him from anything else. Right. And that's true. Another way also, though, that's true for some, but sometimes um, people need the validation. They need to feel validated because they have put their spouse in a position where their spouse is everything to them, right? They're, they put their spouse in a position of God mm -hmm. and they need that spouse's validation That's on good. everything. And so they need that touch. They need, because they need to be validated, val validated and feel, feel valued. And that is something they should be getting from Christ first. So it sounds like they didn't get a relationship, that connection with God first. And now they're trying to get it from the spouse. It's okay to want to be touched, but you shouldn't be wanting to be touched all the time, right? If we are spending so much time with our spouse, how then can we be any earthly good for God? He needs us out there ministering to people. He needs us out there in our jobs ministering to people. He needs us to be um, witnesses for him. But if we're stuck at home constantly wanting to be in our bedroom or be wherever our spouse is, there's our spouse over there. I got to be over there. And we can't minister who we need to minister to because we are so attached to our spouse. That is a problem. And there's some healing that needs to take place in that person, right? Because then that goes back to the neediness. You can want a spouse. You should want to be in relationship. It is a good thing for men to have a spouse and for a woman to have a spouse, but it shouldn't be your God. So, and this is, you know, this is all with the assumption as well. We're talking about right. know, possibly someone being out ministering, things like that. that may not be your calling. You know what I mean, but uh, the reality is, is that um, there, there should be a desire on both sides to be touched. That's healthy. Um, but if you can't get nothing done because of that, then that's like I said, that's, that's something else to, to uh, to address. Um, right. So, yeah. So, anyway, so that's. Um, you sitting way back there. Let me see. I'm, I'm on I'm chill like mode. You. I'm on, yeah, I'm on <laughs> lean back. Lean back. I'm on chill mode. Um, so, no. So, again, when we talk about, you know, the emotional needs and things of that nature, there's some people that get wounded from one relationship and they expect to just cover up the wound by jumping into another relationship. Uh, we see that happen so often instead of taking time to heal from what happened to you, because every breakup means something happened to you. You know what I'm saying? Something was taken away from you. There's there's a part of you that was eaten away at when a break, a broken relationship happened. And no matter how you look at it, when it happens, it, there's a part of you that was that was taken from you. And you need time to address that and deal with it and heal from it before jumping into another relationship. And oftentimes people like to just say, you know what, I don't. And they compartmentalize it. They hide their feelings and just say, you know, instead of focus, if I stay alone, I'm going to think about what happened to me. Right. And so they just jump into another relationship thinking that, OK, if I could just get into a new relationship, I can focus on the new person and that'll take care of my old issues. But the reality is, is, you know, if you sweep enough dust under the rug, every time you step on it, dust is going to fly up. Um, and so at the end of the day, what happens is that new person that you're with they end up taking the brunt of what you didn't deal with in your last relationship. They end up being the one that when, you know, you see a symptom, it may not even be anything valid, but you see something that resembles what happened in your previous relationship. And all of a sudden they're getting the Armageddon because you never dealt with the issue from before. And sometimes you overreact on some small things. Why? Because that wound is still there. 
Right. And so that's important to, to um, you know, again, it's not the new person's responsibility to heal you from your past relationships. That's up to you. That's your responsibility. And what I'm hearing is that some of these things only come out by prayer and fasting. Right. So let's say that you're not a believer or that you're a new believer. There are churches almost on every corner. You need to get into a Bible believing, a Bible teaching church and somebody, a church that does healing and deliverance. OK, um, it's important because we don't talk about it like we, we take our we go from one situation to the next situation to the next situation. And we may be single even for a year. But let me tell you something. Just because you're single and you're not with somebody for that year does not mean that you're healing, does not mean that you're being delivered. You're just having that same thing, just sit and pause right in, in you so that when you get into that next relationship, it's still there. And you're still going to choose that same type of person because nothing has changed in you. You're still that same person just alone. And you're going to get in that same, you think that by you separating and just being alone, that is going to work itself out and you'll be able to get beyond what happened. No, you have to get healed. You have to go through the healing process. You have to confess some things. You have to see your fault in the issue. If you were in a relationship and you got a divorce or you got separated because of domestic violence, whatever it is, there are always two parts. There's always two parts. Even if you're the one being abused, there's always two parts. You chose to choose that person. You chose to stay as long as you did. You chose to... Stay in and go through. I was in a domestic violence relationship and go through this for as long as you did. You could have left. Why did you choose? Why did you stay? And so when we start looking at the things that make us choose those type of people, that makes us stay with those type of people, we can begin to be healed from those negative toxic traits so that we can choose healthy people because we're healthy. I can't choose healthy people if I'm not healthy. If as a toxic person, I do happen upon a healthy person and I'm toxic, what ends up happening is my toxicity will invade that person's wholeness. And that once healthy person is no longer as healthy as they were because of my toxicity. We need to become healthy so that we can get healthy people and have healthy relationships. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so this is a, this is good, um, you know, for us to be able to have this type of conversation because now we're really digging into some things that uh, yeah, 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 yeah. we don't chill. We don't chill. Um, you know, this helps somebody figure out how to really enter into a relationship, right? Because if you enter into a relationship wrong, um, then you you know you can't expect great things to come from it. And unless, you know, you, you both come together in agreement on how to fix it. But, you know, the reality is, is that a lot of issues that have been in the broken relationships was because the expectation was just by me being with another person, um, it's going to fix the issues that I have and it's going to help keep you from dealing with it. The best thing you can do is face something head on um, directly that deal with it directly. If you were, um, if you were let down because of a cheater, deal with that. Deal with this specifically. How do I overcome um, the insecurities that come with a victim of being cheated on? If it's, you know, whatever, whatever. I mean, there's a whole lot of different avenues to, of those things, but but just not dealing with it, um, it might seem easy early on, 
but it would always come back to um, to haunt you later. So, amen. Yeah. So we coming up on. We got about ninety seconds left. Right. So I'm gonna get this my went final. By fast. It did. I'm gonna get my final thoughts. Um, the purpose of marriage is so that let's say you went through a healing process. Guess what? There's still more healing to do. And so what him and I does as we've grown is that he exposes things in me that he may not say, but I recognize because I'm always doing self checks. And so then I, Oh, that's something I need to be healed from. It's not him. He didn't cause this. I caused this. I need to be healed from this. And, and then he does the same thing when you're in a relationship, conflict is normal. An argument is normal. It happens so that whatever is wrong can be brought to the surface so that it can be dealt with. You don't, you're not supposed to try to hide conflict or try to keep conflict from happening. You need the conflict so that you two can become better and then you can walk together because you're in agreement. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, I know sometimes uh, everyone has different philosophies on how to um, coach, if you will, coach marriages. One of the things that I think is healthy for us is, is, you know, sometimes people say, just focus on you, right? Just focus on you. Don't worry about your spouse. Just focus on you. And that is good. That is very good. But sometimes if a person's been battling with a particular thing for so long, they don't see it. And if they don't see it, then how can they address it? And sometimes when as a spouse or as a, in a partnership, whatever your relationship is, um, sometimes it's healthy for you to be able to say, hey, this is what I'm seeing, not just one time, but this is something that's been happening consistently. Um, and being able to say, I'm focused on my, my you know, development, but this is what I'm seeing in you. And I want you to take a look at this. If you can't say that to your spouse then you have to question what kind of relationship do you really have? Right. And it depends on when you say these things to your spouse, right? It's not when your spouse come to you and they're telling you how they feel that oh, yeah. something has offended them or hurt them. Right. Well, I've been wanting to tell you, I've been wanting to say this for two months. <laughs> You remember when you did that or that? You ain't good. You ain't all good yourself. You you done messed up too. No, that's not the no, time no. to bring your issues with me. If I'm letting you know that something you did hurt me and how it affected me, let's deal with that, right? When you deal with that, then that lets me know that I'm hurt and that you care about me and you care about how you're making me feel. Once that's done, okay, I'm good. I feel you. Let's talk about this and now let's let's address the other issues, you know, when it comes up, not too much after I've done it, because now you're just trying to bring something up when you see it pointed out. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, y'all, we are over our time. Yes. We're supposed to go 30 minutes. We had 31 over 15 nine. minutes. <laughs> we well, changed it to 30. We ain't going to ever make 15. So <laughs> we had 30 minutes. We ain't going to make 15. Um, so anyway, oh, listen, stay tuned, guys, because we actually are going to be not only doing the live podcast, but we actually are going to be picking up on um, uh, a TV segment, TV show, a TV segment, 30 minute segment. Um, that's going to be coming soon. So you just got to stay tuned to that. Um, that's going to be coming within the next couple of weeks. God is good. But anyway, next week, y'all, we're getting ready to go. Next week, we're going to be talking about marriage, whether or not marriage is about your happiness or about you. We'll talk about that next week. God bless you.